Hello and welcome back to another episode of Unedited. This is episode eight and I'm your host, Kelsey Lauren. Today I am joined by someone I'm very excited to have forged a new and blossoming friendship with over Instagram. She is quickly becoming someone I enjoy investing time and conversation with. Without further ado, Juliana Celeste. Hello, Kelsey. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me and for this kind words and they're so reciprocated as well. Oh, it's such a pleasure to have you. Um, So before we get started, I just want to invite you to just say hello, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you be, what you like to invest your time doing, maybe what your service or your art to the world is. Okay. I always this question. I don't know why it's like you should always expect it happening on a podcast, but I'm always like, oh my gosh, what do I say? So I am a um, space holder, I guess I would say primarily. I'm trained in quantum healing. I have oracle training. Um, I'm trained in breath work and sound healing. So, um, yeah. I'm pretty much here to just let God to work through me and whatever expression that wants to come out in, which is always morphing and changing. And um, this past year, it's really shaken up what that has looked like. So I feel I'm still in like the first couple months of like emerging from like a very deep cocoon state um, and just being open and curious to how that's taking shape. Mm, I love that. I can definitely relate to the the re-emergence feeling. And um, on that note, I guess I would love to just invite you into sharing, I guess, a little bit more depth around what's what's real for you, what that looks like, what nuance exists Mm. in that re-emergence process. Yeah. Well, okay, so I guess to talk a bit more about my process this past year, um, I think (laughs) last year in 2020, uh, it was a pretty heavy year for for a lot of us, I think it's safe to say. So for me, um, personally, I went through like a pretty big awakening and dark night of the soul and it wasn't like my first spiritual awakening but it was just like a deeper awakening to just like all the very difficult parts of life that are unpleasant to look at we can say Mm -hmm. and um and so yeah it, it brought me into this this dark night of the soul of um just finding it really difficult to even exist and navigate in the world and how can I make peace with this and and it felt like a very big initiation for me and then this year in 2021 (laughs) I think um it was like an integration process and it was also a process for me of just like letting go of this program of like needing to produce and needing to show up because I was literally incapable of doing so and had I forced myself to like still go out there and to um 
you know, hold space when I was really just like needing to hold space for myself, I wouldn't be doing anybody a service at that point, mm-hmm. you know? So um, sometimes I feel like when we truly, genuinely want to be of service, we need to be open to any possible way that that's going to look like. And sometimes what that looks like is just taking time to go through your own healing journey, you know? Yeah, which uh, comes in waves as as those of us on the path know. (laughs) Yeah, and I I love what you say about sometimes in order to be an effective space holder, right? We first need to learn how to hold space for ourselves. And I think in order to be in full integrity, whether you're a coach or a healer or an artist or whatever, you need to be willing to like walk through those initiations and lead yourself through what it is that's being presented to you to work with and to learn and to be in relationship of mastery with. And that's how you get to the other side of being like in full integrity and being an embodiment of all of that work, all of that learning, all of that Mm -hmm. becoming. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the time we get really sucked into the spin cycle that is content creation or I don't know, just a lot of the old rhetoric I know as somebody that's running a business, right? There's a lot of old rhetoric of you have to be showing up, you have to be visible, you have to be creating, you have to be, um, there's so many shoulds, right? And Mm -hmm. that doesn't leave a lot of room for the realness of our human experience. And I think first and foremost, that has to be what's put on the table before anything else can even happen. Totally, yeah. And, And also just to add to that, as way showers of a new way of being or maybe even we could say like resurrecting like this ancient way of being Mm -hmm. which goes beyond and completely crumbles down this patriarchal structure like we need to be like in alignment with that you know what I mean like I feel Mm -hmm. like a lot of people online, like they're kind of preaching this more feminine way of being and yet still feeling this pressure to always show up, to always be doing, to be like chasing clients. And so there's kind of like this disconnect between this message that's being conveyed and the way that that person is actually living and being in their Mm. life yeah and so what's been coming to me lately like in exploring this idea of embodiment is that um the potency of what we're transmitting is in direct correlation to and is a direct reflection of the embodiment that we have of that lesson so Mm -hmm. Um, are we actually living our words? Are we actually practicing what we preach? You know, because it's one thing to to talk about this different way of being, but if we're not actually holding space for ourselves to be that way, then 
then we're not really creating this this new world. Yeah. Uh, something that I just felt really inspired to go into is I think especially going through something like a dark night of the soul or some people will speak to it as our Saturn return or rock bottom, whatever you want to call it. When you go through some of those like really challenging humanizing circumstances, I know when I have, that's been, those have been the moments that I've been really invited to not just lead myself through initiations, but come back into the present moment and get really crystal clear on why, what are the values that are underpinning my decision to walk myself through that initiation? What is going to come out of this experience as a priority for me that is going to be part of the building blocks that um, architect my vision, right? What I'm doing, why I'm here, what is driving me forward. And so I'm really curious now that you're kind of coming out the other side of this big initiatory period in your life, what are some of the values that are underpinning what you embody? Mm, I love that question. So for me, what like my major value that just seems to be like screaming at me constantly is just radical authenticity. And that is a very there's so much to unpack in that, right? Like, what does it mean to be radically authentic? And really, for me, the inspiration behind that is kind of looking out into this world where I feel like so many people are wearing these facades, but it's not, you know, it's not them. It's not who they authentically are. It's just a reflection of of this system that I very passionately feel like is not working for the highest alignment of the earth, you know? We're not living, for the most part, in harmony with the earth in terms of, like, just our industries, how things are created, you know? They're more destructive rather than, um, yeah, just living Sustaining. in harmony. Sustaining, yeah. 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 And so um and so I feel very inspired and passionate about this new way of being that's not pretending to be something that's upholding this system. You know, like we don't have to be slaves to this system that is not doing us any good anymore, if it ever was. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. And so um, for me, that means showing up in a way that is not hiding, that is not like putting on a voice or like pretending that my life is perfect or pretending that I don't go through processes or, you know, denying my humanness because what that's doing is creating this uh, impression to people that <laughs> there's something wrong with them, you know, because yeah. when you look, when you look on Instagram and you see like these, this picture perfect world that people are portraying. Uh, and it's funny when, you know, for instance, like 
and I, this isn't judgmental, like I'm not trying to judge anyone, but it's funny sometimes I've met like really big uh, Instagram influencers who on the surface, you would look at their pictures and they're so beautiful, traveling the world, going to all these places, but then you meet them and like their their life is a mess, you know what I mean? But yeah. you would never think that from what they're putting forth. Mm-hmm. And so I don't want to portray this image of myself that is denying um, my humanness, that is denying like my lived experiences, you know, yeah. because that those experiences I feel are what truly bring us together as humans as humanity those are what connect us and right now in this world that we're living in where we are being so pulled into these different sides there's like this agenda of divisiveness what we really need is to come together Mm -hmm. to unite you know and what unites us is our humanity yeah yeah, oh, I love that. There's so many, there's so many little tendrils and ideas that I I want to bring to the table with this conversation. Um, I think one of which is, it's it's one thing to obviously like recognize the importance of that authenticity and and the way that it gets to be expressed through you for you. But I think to your point of that, like finding those connective tissues and that relatability and humanization again. It's just as important to be willing to hold your the full spectrum of who you are and and take the risk of being and expressing it in honesty, like being willing to stand in front of people proverbially naked and be seen. And that was recently reflected back to me, um, somebody that I was working with, I had been working with them for like two, two and a half months and... I had just recently released one of my previous podcast episodes where I talked, I think it was about like my relationship with my body and some of the wild and crazy things I had done in my youth. And I remember getting a voice note from this woman and she was like, wow, like that was a really important thing for me to hear because from the outside, all I could see of you is that you have your shit together and everything seems really put together and perfect and one could only assume that you've never experienced hardship. You just landed on this planet, this like masterful being. And I was like, what? (laughs) How? I don't, I, I was like, cannot compute. Like that's so far from the truth, but it's really difficult for people to know what you're made of and who you are and what you stand for, unless you embody it and you share it and you speak Mm. to it and express it. And Another piece too is like I, to your point, right, of meeting these people, these caricatures on Instagram in real life, right? When we're so wrapped up in playing with our costumes and not with our full selves, that's all people come to know us of. And then that starts to create expectation. And then that Mm -hmm. starts to create discord when you don't live up to this expectation. So I think when you're, when you're fully able to show up, honestly, that completely dismantles the charade of expectation, pedestaling, the 
um, storyline that people might be able to create of you because there's not as much to question. And that doesn't mean you have to share like every intimate detail of who you are, but there's the, there's a, a consistency that comes and a, a felt essence that comes from you when you're being fully embodied in who you are. And I think coming to the point of being able to not just hold that for you, but to emanate that externally is such a powerful place to be. And I mean, something I feel all of us are just going to be in a lifelong student master relationship with, but Mm. yeah, just, I just feels so important to speak to that. Yeah, totally. I love what you said, like just the visual of emanating this frequency. And for me, that is true embodiment. And Mm -hmm. um, it's funny because, yeah, I feel this term embodiment, like it's such a a popular term in the spiritual community these days. Um, But like, what does embodiment actually mean? And it's kind of for me, it's almost like this elusive thing that we can't quite grasp because you can't try to be embodied. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you can't be like, okay, I'm going to now embody this. Like you, it just happens naturally. Like it just flows. It's, it's a natural process of your life experiences of the initiations that you, that have come to you naturally in your life and that you've gone through and it's the integration of those mm-hmm. of those lessons and as that happens you naturally emit this frequency you naturally start to carry a deeper level of wisdom where you can speak about these things that you've been through and you're not just speaking from the mind you're actually, your words are carrying weight, you know, and they can be felt by people because it's an energetic thing, right? It's like the the words carry like this energetic richness to them mm. that can just yeah. be felt. And um, yeah, and I've been reflecting on that a lot lately, just of of our words and and how our words are actually like these living transmissions, you know? Um, Yeah. Also another sort of keyword I think in, in spirituality is like this word of codes and everybody like wants codes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I just like to laugh at at spirituality sometimes because we're so funny. Um, But like what, what are codes like what does that actually mean you know and and I was going like deep into this and and feeling into it and it's like when we embody something and we can share it with others and it doesn't even have to be through words it can literally just be through like the way that you exist throughout life that as you said like amidst this frequency and that is those are the codes, you know, and those land in other people and have the potential to activate something within them. Mm -hmm. So for me, codes are kind of like these living organisms in a way that exist within 
within all of us, it's like just energetic information. Um, but the, the more embodied you are in something, in a subject or area of life, like the more potency, more weight these quote-unquote codes carry. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, <clears throat> I think I really like what you said earlier about embodiment isn't necessarily something that you do. It's simply something that you be. Mm-hmm. And it's it really does come from a result of your experiential wisdom, right? What you've been willing to work with and play with and become masterful in and hold and integrate. And I think if there was like a, I guess, like a process to stepping into embodiment that a lot of people seem to try to skirt around is that there does need to be intentionality around presence because you can't be embodied and be in the future. You can't be embodied and be in the past. Embodiment happens in the now. It happens when you're holding reality in the palm of your hand and you're being really present to Mm. exactly what's being presented to you. And I think a lot of people conflate embodiment with a level of perfection or mastery or a level of knowledge maybe. And that might be a part of it, but that's kind of missing the point because it's not something that you can intellectualize. Embodiment sometimes is illogical, right? In the way that it gets expressed and that it moves through you. When you're fully embodying the truth and all of the little nooks and crannies of your spirit, sometimes the way you behave and the things that you do don't make sense externally. But it's Mm -hmm. like you said, it's this like way showing, it's this mirroring, it's this opening up of potentiality for other people to receive the frequency and the essence and the energy and the consciousness behind. And you can't you can't feel it or touch it or see it or hear it in a very discernible way. It just has to be experienced. Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't know if you can relate to that like kind of experience of embodiment. Totally. And, um, and what it kind of brought up for me uh, with regards to like being present, it's like this heightened – I don't know if heightened is the right word, but we'll go with it. This heightened level of awareness of everything that's showing up in your experience. So it's almost like, can you be the witness while simultaneously also being the vessel for whatever it is that's coming into your experience to move through um, rather than, you know, like it's like, for instance, if you use the example of getting triggered by something, it's like perhaps this level of mastery of like being so present with that trigger so that whereas maybe in the past you would have just reacted and let it, let your maybe mind take over or let like your lower chakras take over. But for me, embodiment in that case, in this scenario, is seeing the trigger and 
still feeling all the things that it brings up, but just like this awareness that's present the entire time. And, Mm -hmm. um, and with triggers, I mean, like, there's no shame because like, we're all going to get triggered and like, yes, maybe you're still going to react. And, and for me, like, it really depends on the, the subject matter of the trigger, but like with some certain triggers, I've kind of gotten to the point where it's like, I'll like see them and I'll like still react just out of, because it's like such an ingrained habit within our, every cell of our body, you know? And it's such a process to undo that. But like, I will like simultaneously be seeing myself react and almost like be laughing at myself. Um, And then after that kind of going away and reflecting and being willing to be present with yourself through that process and rather than just, you know, perhaps going into avoidance mode or project projecting, blaming, you know, whatever protective mechanisms your psyche wants to go through with that. Um, but really just allowing yourself to, to be present with everything that's coming up and to see everything that's coming up and, and take, like radical responsibility and ownership for everything that's arising within yourself. Mm, yes. Uh, yes to that. I find too, when you speak to the, like the willingness to not just witness, but like be in the experience of let's just use a trigger, right? When you're, when you're getting invited into exploring depth, and breadth of an emotion or a circumstance. I think the the only thing that is consistent is the experience of like intensity. And like even though you've been able to integrate and learn how to hold or maybe be witness to or be more neutral to certain experiences, you're always going to be invited to go to another layer of depth with it. And so Mm -hmm. even if externally you're not like reacting, the feeling and the experience of that trigger is still as intense as it would have been if it's the first time you've seen it. You're just playing with different layers of it and you're playing with more nuance and you're creating greater capacity within yourself to hold more of its bigness, right? And it's like, I think when I speak to mastery, right, it's not can you be perfect? It's not can you be an expert at something? It's like how much of the bigness and the intensity and the nuance and the depth and breadth of an experience have you been willing to lead yourself through experiencing and how great is your capacity to work with it and be in relationship with it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah I mean there's it's funny because some sometimes we have this expectation or this feeling of when something comes up and we're like I thought I worked through this before you know like I thought I was over this but like you said it's like deeper layers and and how beautiful too that we get to experience all these different layers and textures of the human experience and um you know, life is never boring. <laughs> no, right? It's, <laughs> it's so fascinating to me 
to, and I mean, I used to be this person maybe like five or six years ago, but when I wasn't experiencing, I guess, like drama or that like really visceral intensity of an experience, I would think it was boring because I wasn't actually present to sit with the nuance of it and like be with the richness of it. And now that I'm a little bit more (laughs) evolved in my own process and my ability to hold experiences, I don't think I've used the word boring or bored in like a couple of years because even even just being in simplicity, there is so much there to be witnessed and experienced and played with and danced with. And it's, it's a, like I said, it's about how willing you are to be present with it. And I think a lot of people, especially when you start on like a spiritual path or you start getting hooked in and seduced by the potential of self-help, People get really caught up in the concept of doing the work. And oh, yeah. uh, it's just like <laughs> I just remember myself constantly obsessing over how I was doing the work. Was I doing enough? Was I meditating enough? Was I journaling enough? Was I looking for trauma enough? Was I it was just this like hypervigilance. And it was always me living in the future and trying to become something or living in the past and trying to revisit something. And I was completely bypassing just being here now and actually working with what was being invited to be looked at Mm -hmm. and like sitting with it and experiencing it. And like, it's really interesting because the work doesn't always need to be done. The work is just being sometimes it's not an active process and, and, And I think a lot of people assume that you have to do the work in order to be embodied, but you be embodied and then the work just moves through you. It just happens as a byproduct. Oh, yes. I love, (laughs) I love the way you put that. It's so funny. And I think it's like, this is perhaps just a process that I would say the vast majority of us go through in our spiritual awakenings, like you said, like you kind of, you wake up to this new world of spirituality and there's like so many, so many facets, so many different things you can do. Like, it's almost like being, you know, a kid in a candy store or something like I can do breath work. I can get a psychic reading. I can have a past life regression (laughs) tarot reading. Like it's just like all the things. And so Perhaps this is like kind of the the old the old system. I don't know why I was called the old system. Um, like creeping its way into it, you know, like this hyper like hyper masculine like doing, where mm-hmm. like we think we always need to be doing, we always need to be productive, um, and kind of like looking for where do I need to heal, you know, almost as if we have a checklist or something of all the things within us that we need to heal. But like you said, like, gosh, life just gives you (laughs) the opportunities. There's really, there's no shortage of, of things to process, of things to experience. And 
and perhaps this just kind of comes as a natural result of just getting tired of of doing I don't know maybe it's just like (laughs) that point of exhaustion where you're just like okay I can't do anymore I need to surrender because I think a lot of times like surrender does come from that point of like you've just tired yourself out of like trying to swim against uh, the current you know um or perhaps it's just a process of of maturing Um, Mm -hmm. but in any case when we can oh just take a deep sigh and just relax into life and relax into the present moment and allow our process to just unfold organically and you know like as we were we were just touching on like this devotion to being present being present with whatever comes up like that is essentially the work no that is Mm -hmm. that's it we don't need to like go and try to heal our mother wound or our father wound or whatever it is like when it's time for those things to happen they will naturally present themselves to you and and then we get to just be be present with that process and yeah and go through it yeah I think that's like oftentimes where the disconnect comes in is when that door is opened for you to walk through. The question isn't, are you going to do the work? The question is, are you going to be present with what you're being presented? Like, Mm -hmm. are you willing to go there? Are you willing to meet yourself in whatever circumstance or experience or question or emotion or ruminating thought or pattern are you willing to be in it and not continue the the cycle of bypassing right or like looking Mm -hmm. for an exit strategy or trying to find the back door out of it or escaping and I know I, I love that you use the word maturity because I think one of the greatest representations of spiritual and energetic maturity is your willingness to be in reality and be in your human experience because that in and of itself is spiritual and it's also not spiritual at all (laughs) if that makes any sense like it's there's so much so much richness in in just being being right (laughs) that there's nothing that needs to be like forced or done or manipulated or escaped and that's where our greatest curriculum comes from that's how our soul evolves that's how we learn that's how we grow that's how we evolve that's how we come into greater levels of mastery and maturity and it gets to be really simple it doesn't have to be this like ritualized militant spiritual practice it doesn't have to be avoidant it just has to be Mm -hmm. yes and um I also just want to point out too like like for me it's really important to also have compassion because I I recognize that a lot of this avoidance or unwillingness to not be present with oneself comes from the fact that 
uh, it's really fucking hard to do that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, yeah, it is, it is the most intimate thing that you can ever do to just be with yourself and see all the parts of yourself that you've been rejecting and that you don't like. And that, you know, like that process is probably one of the hardest things that that one person can do in their lifetime so yeah so I I always have to kind of come back to that and remind myself of it like anytime I I go into judgment or like kind of get um I don't know just like annoyed or angry by like spiritual bypassing or the new Mm -hmm. age community or whatever it's like okay yeah this is a process and we're all walking Mm -hmm. through it, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I guess to bring it a little bit more full circle to the fact that we were talking about embodiment is I think the best thing that we can do as, as beings who have been working with this or have chosen to say yes to that curriculum, like you said, instead of walking into judgment or witnessing and reacting you can witness it and then just continue to be the embodiment and illuminate the potentiality of what gets to happen when you choose to do the hard thing and it doesn't all have to like come at once it's not this like you don't wake up one morning and you're like oh my god I'm ascended I know everything I'm emotionally mature and all of this I can sit with all of the depth of my experience it's it's in the moment when it's like those micro moments, right? Where you have a choice point between having a difficult conversation or walking away. What do you choose? It's in those difficult choice points where do I stay in bed an extra hour or do I do something to nourish me? And it's like all of those little tiny microcosmic things that reinvite you into the relationship with yourself of that presence and embodiment and it doesn't have to be this like it doesn't always have to be trauma right it doesn't always have to be heavy lifting it doesn't always have to be heartbreaking or difficult but it does always get to be a choice and I think what's really beautiful is when there are people that are ahead of you maybe one or two steps you get to just witness them in that potential And you get almost this permission slip or a little bit like you were saying, it's like a sharing of codes. It's like, oh, I feel it. Mm -hmm. I might not get it yet, but I feel it. And I know now that this is available to me should I choose it. Um, And so, yeah, I really like what you said about basically like minding your proclivity as a human right to be in that reactionary space or that judgment space and I think this is something that I've noticed so much particularly in the spiritual community or like the coaching realm is there's so much comparison Mm -hmm. all the time and there's so much like well I do it better than so and so or so and so is wrong or this person's hijacked or that person's doing it wrong and I'm like, it's all well and good to be able to bear witness and to maybe name the poison if there is any. And also you don't have to live there. You can then choose to see what is of value to you and be that instead. 
that to me is just like such a beautiful mm. invitation of just like presence, right? And and where we can use our level of embodiment for not just our evolution, but to contribute to what's available for everyone around us, right? And and when we talk about creating a new world, I think that's like the literal like cornerstone, the first thing that has to start happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's interesting that you said that because I've kind of been presented with um, an opportunity, we'll call it. Um, so what, I, what I've been noticing kind of in the past couple of weeks are a, f- a few people have been coming to me and, um, and being like, oh, like, hey, I love your stuff. Like, do you want to connect? But then I was feeling like, that there was some like energy behind it, that it wasn't genuine, Mm. you know? So like you mentioned like the choice points, I'm like, okay, this is a choice point. Do I, (laughs) here are my options. (laughs) One, go into like my codependent pattern and tendencies, which would be like to go along with it because I like feel bad that I'm judging or something like that. Two, I have the opportunity to trust my intuition because I can feel that when there's like this grasping energy and it's like, okay, this is an example of this old paradigm of needing to like grasp on or like, you know, control and, um, you know, like just like go searching for for clients rather than just like this more way of being and like emanating. Um, So yeah, for me, it was like this reflection of like seeing how this old way of doing things, which used to be very overt and still is in many ways with like the whole following, unfollowing thing, like the fake comments, like all of that. But then I was seeing how it's like sometimes becoming a bit more subtle, especially in spiritual communities and just see that as an example of like, okay, this isn't how I want to be personally. And so it's just like a reflection and an invitation almost into deeper embodiment for me of like, okay, where, how do I want to create from? Like, how can I be, um, a more authentic version of the world that I want to see and help to co-create, mm-hmm. you know? And I, and I think that that's so important to have examples of people who are really like living in this, these different ways of being, that show Mm -hmm. like living examples, like you mentioned, like perhaps people that are just like one or two steps ahead, but are actually like showing, no, there's a different way of being like, you don't have to like go and send like a half fake message to somebody because you actually want to like sell them something. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Oh, oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. 
I, um, yeah, this has been something that I've really been called to work with this year, I would say. Um, and I mean, I'm very hesitant. I've expressed this in, in a myriad of spaces in the past, but I'm very hesitant to put myself, um, in a, like a, like a labeling system as it relates to what I, I do, my service, Mm-hmm. but it's been coming up in a lot of different ways with a lot of different people that I've been working with and co-creating with this idea of like, I don't like the current system and maybe I'm not clear on exactly what I want my way to be. So I'm going to do nothing. I'm just going to keep doing things the same way because I can't see the potential and that has been the greatest invitation for me to then fill that gap and be like, okay, well, I see the way things are working currently and I'm not fully formed in like exactly what I envision for the way the coaching space or the spiritual space or whatever space it is that I find myself in how exactly I want it to work, but I do know that I can constantly calibrate to what feels right for me in the moment. And as it relates to like my business, there are certain things where they've always been done, right? You cold call, you like, you unfollow, you follow, you get in people's space and you kind of become a little bit of a squeaky wheel and hope that it becomes something, right? Or Mm -hmm. And that just feels very exploitative. And and I mean, to do something differently requires you to actually embody what the difference is. And so instead of doing nothing, right, instead of keeping on doing that same cycle, change change the coding, right? Change the way that you show up to it. Are you going to be the person that messages somebody in a doing to get way, or are you going to be the kind of person that with absolutely no expectation, and this is an energetic thing, right? It's not a doing Mm -hmm, thing, mm -hmm. simply like sends some sort of love to that person because human to human, you want to see them winning. You want to see them thriving and that's the world you want to create. And it's those little things that have been compounding in the way that I'm showing up that I'm noticing people just receive me differently now. And I didn't have to do anything wild or crazy or like out of the box. It was a very microcosmic, like I'm going to unhook my energy from what feels icky. And even if I'm in the liminal between the answer and the problem, I'm going to try what feels best and model that something different, even if it's not the thing, is available. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <I'm> dancing. <laughs> That's it. That's so it. Mm. I'm so curious because I know at the beginning of our conversation, I asked you like what what the values that were underpinning the like where where you feel like you want to go are and. I think it's really important as people who are available to others in a service capacity um, to really articulate this in a brilliant and beautiful way and and make 
that available to the people who are seeking it out. So as far as the way you serve and connect and co-create and collaborate, what are some of the values that you want to bring to the table or that you are um, working with and embodying currently that feel really you? Mm. So like I mentioned, authenticity, which means just being radically yourself, however that is, no matter if that goes against what we're told is acceptable, what we're told, you know, we need to do in order to like fit into these boxes. And I really feel like everybody on this earth carries these unique blueprints within them but it's almost as if we don't have full access to the blueprints until we are authentically expressing ourselves Mm -hmm. until we are authentically embodying you know who we genuinely are like this unique essence that we all carry and you know, within these blueprints, you know, like our DNA, our genetic encoding, however you want to call it, is our gifts. It's our medicine to the world. So I, (laughs) I'm really just called to just, even though it scares the shit out of me, and before emerging from this cocoon, I'm like, I don't want to do this. Like, don't make me do it. But God was like, this is it. It's time. (laughs) (laughs) But I really just want to empower people to express themselves authentically because that is what is going to unlock this unique medicine within each of us. And that is really what has the power and the potency to to change this world and to create this new system that is in more harmony with the earth, that is in more harmony with... mm, I guess these values of like respecting all living beings Mm -hmm. that's in devotion to, to life, you know, not, not destructing life. Yeah. So yeah, that's really, that's really what's lighting me up these days. Mm. How does that, how does that authentic expression express through you? Like, what are you, what are the edges you're meeting or the parts of you that are finally coming to the table? Mm. If you feel safe to share that. (laughs) Okay, well, let's do it. (laughs) I I accept this offer of vulnerability. Um, Honestly, even like speaking in this context on a podcast, it's kind of funny because, um, I this is like the third podcast I'm recording and the first one that I recorded it's being released tomorrow and and she just sent it to me and like I had this moment of like freaking out like I didn't even want to listen to it <laughs> because I was like oh my gosh like, because it just feels like um very vulnerable to me mm-hmm. to be seen in this way to um to be expressing just like without filter. And um, a lot of that comes from uh, 
living most of my life feeling like I couldn't use my voice. Yeah. You know, so being vocal, like, it's funny because I feel like a lot of people who are meant to use their voice, like, have been very suppressed vocally for most of their lives. Mm -hmm. Um, but, (laughs) But, you know, like, I... I remember like in high school, like I literally could not speak in a group setting and I felt this like sensation of having a ball in my throat. Like every time I wanted to speak up, it was just like this energetic feeling of like, no, you can't do it. So for me, it took quite a lot to to overcome that. And so to to be seen and to be witnessed and to to just be like speaking um I don't know it's almost like this sensation of of letting God speak through me mm-hmm. and being witnessed in that is very vulnerable especially the idea of of people certain people in my life seeing that you know like family like certain friends who perhaps are used to me being a certain way yeah and um it's interesting I was reflecting on this of how even perhaps to them they may see me showing up in this way and for them maybe this expression of me feels like it's authentic inauthentic to them because they're not used to it but the reality of it is that I didn't feel safe to authentically express most of my life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can relate to that so much, so much. I like that you like spoke to the notion, the idea oftentimes that people who are meant to express and be heard, right? That, Though whose voices are here to have a very profound ripple are the ones who experience the most suppression and discouragement. And I know growing up, like, there was a discernible difference between my ability to express with confidence when I was simply working with information. That was, like, no big deal. If I had to get up in front of a class and, like, rattle off a presentation with all of these facts and numbers and information, no problem. If I had to get up in front of a class and like share a slab of my soul, (laughs) (laughs) right? It's just like, "Mm, that's the line. Um, And I had been met most of my adolescence and young adulthood with like literal like hatred and shame and judgment and like any time that I would do it. And one of the things that was like really, really cathartic for me in coming back into a fuller expression, I shared it a a couple weeks ago. I, I shared a photo of my guitar. And when I was a kid, I, my uncle, when he passed away, he left his guitars to me and he knew how much I loved music. And I took to them like it was breathing. I would spend every available hour of my day playing, songwriting, singing, teaching myself. I would like hear something and be able to immediately play it. I was so gifted. And between then and like early 20s, I had just had the creative joy 
beaten out of me in so many different situations that at like 21 or 22, I was like, okay, like clearly like my heart can't handle this anymore. I just need to put the guitar away. And, um, yeah, it had been like almost 12 years of just like seeing my guitar collecting dust in my parents' house, refusing to even look at it or bring it home. And then maybe four months ago, I finally brought it home and it sat in my room and stared at me every day for four months until a couple weeks ago, I picked it up and it was the single most cathartic experience that I had ever had. Like I picked it up and it was like, nothing had changed. All of the memory was like there, but I couldn't, I was like trying to sing and I couldn't choke out a song without just like sobbing these ugly cries because what was coming up wasn't wasn't just like I'm so excited to be playing this again but it was the years of actually having to hold and sit with how much I had self-rejected myself Mm. and succumbed to the externalized pressure and opinion and perception and expectation and ultimately chose that over me year after year after year after year And Mm -hmm. every chord that I would play, every word that I would try to sing was just this like taking back of like, no, I'm not doing that anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like, that's a very extreme example, but like in little ways, right. Every time we choose to haul back what is rightfully ours creatively, soulfully, emotionally we get to be I think first and foremost in deeper relationship with our creator right because like you said I don't I don't think that that ability necessarily belongs to me that is one of the the ways in which creator has asked to create through me that's one of the ways that I get to be the sales that the wind gets to blow through, so to speak. And like, who am I to say no to that? And so, yeah, it's, it was just like such a, uh, it was such a cathartic experience to like go through that and realize like the gravity and the responsibility that we each hold to actually be in our authentic expression and like what kinds of ripple effects that gets to have and even if it's negative, right, even if somebody sees us doing it and is like, oh, that's inauthentic or, oh, I don't like that or casts their judgment or whatever, we're still holding up the mirror, right? We're still being that embodiment of, well, this is still possible. This mm-hmm. is still available to you, even if you're not ready to hold it, even if you're not ready to work with it, even if it isn't resonant for you, your version of this is available. Mm. That's such a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing that. My pleasure. Thank you for receiving it. (laughs) Um, yeah, I, this has been such a lovely tangential conversation. Yes, I love it. (laughs) Um, I feel like there's just so many, so many more areas that we could explore, but I want to honor our time. So is there anything else you feel called to share, to speak to before we complete today's episode? 
feel complete. I feel like this was a lot in the best way possible. <laughs> and I just want to say thank you and honoring you. And this feels like I received such a beautiful transmission from even just hearing your words and, mm. and the conversation. And I hope that those listening um, feel the same. Mm, likewise, likewise. It's It's always... I know we had an Instagram TV conversation that people can check out, but every time we seem to get into a room together, just like, it just like hits right in the heart. And I, yes. I always come away feeling so inspired, so much more whole. Um, and I just love being in your energy. Um, and so on that note, please let anyone listening know how they can get in your energy they can collaborate with you experience you um i want to share you so <laughs> oh sure so my instagram is juliana underscore celeste underscore uh, my website is julianaceleste.com I'm assuming you can put like the yeah. Links I'll sh and stuff. share okay. those in the show notes. <laughs> so yeah, the, either of those are are the best way to get in touch with me. And um, right now, I don't know when this is going to be released. If you're going to do it right away, but oh, I'm it'll be of... right now. <laughs> oh, I love it. So, yeah. <laughs> so this might be released before my other one is released tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah, so right now I'm preparing to to go offline-ish for the holidays until the new year. But in the new year, there will be more opportunities to connect and to, to work with me. Brilliant. Oh, well, thank you so much. I hope you have the most magical holiday. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure we will be in touch. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Kelsey. Bye. Bye.